Hello, I'm Father Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for joining us as we continue our journey of reading the Imitation of Christ from beginning to end. Today, we take up from where we left off at the very beginning of Book 4. Book 4, An Invitation to Holy Communion, The Voice of Christ. Come to me, all you that labor and are burdened, and I will refresh you. The bread which I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. Take you and eat. This is my body, which shall be delivered for you. Do this for the commemoration of me. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood abideth in me, and I in him. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. First chapter the great reverence with which we should receive Christ, the disciple. These are all your words, O Christ, eternal truth, though they were not all spoken at one time, nor written together in one place. And because they are yours and true, I must accept them all with faith and gratitude. They are yours, and you have spoken them. They are mine also, because you have spoken them for my salvation." Gladly I I accept them from your lips, that they may be the more deeply impressed in my heart. Words of such tenderness, so full of sweetness and love, encourage me. But my sins frighten me, and an unclean conscience thunders at me when approaching such great mysteries as these. The sweetness of your words invites me, but the multitude of my vices oppresses me. You command me to approach you confidently if I wish to be part with you, to have part with you, and to receive the food of immortality if I desire to obtain life and glory everlasting. Come to me, you say, all you that labor and are burdened, and I will refresh you. Oh, how sweet and kind to the ear of the sinner is the word by which you, my Lord God, invite the poor and needy to receive your most holy body. Who am I, Lord, that I should presume to approach you? Behold, the heaven of heavens cannot contain you, and yet you say, Come, all of you, to me. What means this most gracious honor and this friendly invitation? How shall I dare to come, I who am conscious of no good on which to presume? How shall I lead you into my house? I who have so often offended you, your most kindly sight. Angels and archangels revere you, the holy and the just fear you, and you say, Come to me, all of you. If you, Lord, had not said it, who would have believed it to be true? And if you had not commanded, who would dare approach? Behold, Noah, a just man, worked a hundred years building the ark that he and a few others might be saved. How then can I prepare myself in one hour to receive with reverence the Maker of the world? Moses, your great servant and special friend, made an ark of incorruptible wood, which he covered with purest gold, wherein to place the tables of your law. Shall I, a creature of corruption, dare so easily to receive you, the Maker of law and the Giver of life? Solomon, the wisest of the kings of Israel, spent seven years building a magnificent temple in praise of your name, 
and celebrated its dedication with a feast of eight days. He offered a thousand victims in your honor and solemnly bore the Ark of the Covenant with trumpeting and jubilation to the place prepared for it. And I, unhappy and poorest of men, how shall I lead you into my house? I who scarcely can spend a half hour devoutly, would that I could spend even that as I ought. O my God, how hard these men tried to please you! Alas, how little is all that I do! How short the time I spend in preparing for communion! I am seldom wholly recollected, and very seldom indeed entirely free from distraction. Yet surely, in the presence of your life-giving Godhead, no unbecoming thought should arise, and no creature possess my heart. For I am about to receive as my guest not an angel, but the very Lord of angels. Very great, too, is the difference between the Ark of the Covenant with its treasures and your most pure body with its ineffable virtues. Between these sacrifices of the law, which were but figures of things to come, and the true offering of your body, which was the fulfillment of all ancient sacrifices. Why, then, do I not long more ardently for your adorable presence? Why do I not prepare myself with greater care to receive your sacred gifts, since those holy patriarchs and prophets of old, as well as kings and princes, with all their people, have shown such affection, affectionate devotion for the worship of God. The most devout King David danced before the ark of God with all his strength as he recalled the benefits once bestowed upon his fathers. He made musical instruments of many kinds. He composed psalms and ordered them sung with joy. He himself often played upon the harp when moved by the grace of the Holy Ghost. He taught the people of Israel to praise God with all their hearts and to raise their voices every day to bless and glorify him. If such great devotion flourished in those days and such ceremony in praise of God before the Ark of the Covenant, what great devotion ought not I and all Christian people now show in the presence of this sacrament? What reverence in receiving the most excellent body of Christ! Many people travel far to honor the relics of the saints, marveling at their wonderful deeds and at the building of magnificent shrines. They gaze upon and kiss the sacred relics encased in silk and gold. And behold, you are here, present before me on the altar, my God, saint of saints, creator of men, and Lord of angels. Often, in looking at such things, men are moved by curiosity, by the novelty of the unseen, and they bear away little fruit for the amendment of their lives, especially when they go from place to place lightly and without true contrition. But here, in the sacrament of the altar, you are wholly present, my God, the man, Christ Jesus. Whence is obtained the full realization of eternal salvation, as often as you are worthily and devoutly received? To this, indeed, we are not drawn by levity or curiosity or sensuality, but by firm faith, devout hope, and sincere love. O God, hidden creator of the world, how wonderfully you deal with us, how sweetly 
and graciously you dispose of things with your elect, to whom you offer yourself to be received in this sacrament. This indeed surpasses all understanding. This, in a special manner, attracts the hearts of the devout and inflames their love. Your truly faithful servants, who give their whole life to amendment, often receive in Holy Communion the great grace of devotion and love of virtue. O the wonderful and hidden grace of this sacrament, which only the faithful of Christ understand, which unbelievers and slaves of sin cannot experience. In it, spiritual grace is conferred, lost virtue restored, and the beauty, marred by sin, repaired. At times, indeed, its grace is so great that from the fullness of the devotion, not only the mind, but also the frail body, feels filled with greater strength. Nevertheless, our neglect and coldness is much to be deplored and pitied when we are not moved to receive with greater fervor Christ, in whom is the hope and merit of all who will be saved. He is our sanctification and redemption. He is our consolation in this life and the eternal joy of the blessed in heaven. This being true, it is lamentable that many pay so little heed to the salutary mystery which fills the heavens with joy and maintains the whole universe in being. Oh, the blindness and the hardness of the heart of man that does not show more regard for so wonderful a gift, but rather falls into carelessness from its daily use. If this most holy sacrament were celebrated in only one place and consecrated by only one priest in the whole world, with what great desire do you think would men be attracted to that place, to that priest of God, in order to witness the celebration of the divine mysteries? But now there are many priests, and Mass is offered in many places, that God's grace and love for men may appear the more clearly as the sacred communion is spread more widely through the world. Thanks be to you, Jesus, everlasting Good Shepherd, who have seen fit to feed us poor, exiled people with your precious body and blood, and to invite us with words from your own lips to partake of these sacred mysteries. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will refresh you. The fourth book of The Imitation of Christ is an invitation to Holy Communion. At the beginning of the book, the voice of Christ invites us to come to him in our weariness, and he promises us refreshment. He promises us bread, which is his very flesh, the life of the world. At the Last Supper, Jesus says, take and eat in anticipation of his self-offering on the cross. We repeat these words at every Holy Mass. He promises those who eat and drink his flesh and his blood that they will live forever. We Catholics believe that the Eucharist is not just a symbol, but the, the bread and the wine really become the body and blood of Christ to give us eternal life. The beautiful meditation that we heard reflects on the generosity of Christ who gives himself to us. We have not merited such a gift 
But Jesus gives himself to heal us and to unite us with, to be united with him because he loves us. The voice of the disciple seeks to wake us up from our stupor and help us to realize what a precious gift the Eucharist is. In the diary of St. Faustina, Jesus complains that people receive him as if he were a dead object. Jesus is alive. He wants to come to our hearts. Let's open our hearts and welcome Jesus. Hello, I'm Father Joe Roche, the Superior General of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, and I'm excited to let you know about my new daily podcast entitled Venerable Casimir and Our Lady, which will be launching on October 21st, 2023. Venerable Casimir Vyshinsky was a Marian father who lived in the 1700s. We are praying for a miracle so that he can be beatified. He helped to revive our congregation when we were at a low point because of the actions of his brother. He rewrote a Latin handbook by a Jesuit on the ten gospel virtues of Our Lady. He called it Morning Star, so that lay people would be able to understand it, to imitate Mary's virtues, and to grow in holiness. To access the podcast, simply visit divinemercyplus.org or search Venerable Casimir and Our Lady on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or on whatever podcast platform you prefer. I'm also happy to share with you that you can order a copy of Morning Star on shopmercy.org. That's shopmercy.org. Simply search the phrase Morning Star on shopmercy.org and you can order a copy of the book today. Remember, every purchase supports the Marian priests and brothers at the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy. Thank you, and God bless you. I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Thank you.